If you want to turn in your Bible to um, the book of Exodus, we'll be starting out there tonight. So for the past little while, for quite a lot of this year, I've been thinking a bit about who God is, but specifically how he chooses to reveal himself to us um, through some of the different names that he uses for himself. Um, And so tonight we're going to look specifically at one of those. So we'll be starting out in Exodus chapter 3. But before we get into that, I'm just going to pray to start off with. Lord, I just thank you for tonight. I just thank you for um, this opportunity to be here, Lord. And Lord, now as we open your word and as we look at um, just some of your character, Lord, some of who you are, and uh, just try to get a bit of a deeper understanding of that, Lord, and, um, and how that can help us as we seek to follow you, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you'd help me to be clear as I present this tonight, Lord, and just pray that it would um, just bring honour and glory to you, Lord, and just pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, so for context, although I think most of you are probably very familiar with this story already, um, Exodus chapter 3 focuses on Moses. And so Moses is, at this point, just about... Um, to meet God again, Moses had um, kind of an understanding that God wanted him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. But earlier on in his life, he kind of tried to do that um, in his own power, tried to do that the wrong way um, by killing one of the Egyptians. And that all went very wrong for him, and he ended up fleeing Egypt, spending 40 years in the wilderness um, and now, we, where we come back into the story, uh, is at the end of that period of time, and God has appeared to Moses to give Moses um, this task of leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. The same thing that Moses was trying to do earlier, but this time God is telling him um, how he should be doing it. Um, and we're just going to jump right into the middle of... Um, God's conversation with Moses. We we'll start out at Exodus chapter 3, um, verse 11. It says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. So we see here God 
selecting and giving Moses a very specific name to share with the children of Israel. And when Moses asks God, how should I essentially introduce you to the people, when they ask who sent you, which God, um, what is your name, God picks this name, I am that I am, to be what Moses should use. And we see verse 15, God says, this is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. So this is a specific name that God wants to be remembered by from generation to generation. This is not, this is the first time that God's using this name. This is not just one name for a particular situation. This is a name that God wants the people to remember, and God wants the people to know him by this particular name. And so I see two kind of particular attributes of God. They're related, but they are distinct, I think, um, that you can see from this particular name that God's chosen. And so the first one is the one that I think we often focus on from this passage, um, that God exists without dependence on anything or anyone else, that God is the only one who his existence is only governed by himself. He doesn't rely on anything else. He doesn't rely on anyone else. There was nobody who created God. There's nobody um, who can control God. Nobody has more power than God. All of what God is, he derives from himself without any reliance on anything else. And so we say that God is self-existent because he exists without that reliance on anyone else. And I think that we can see that um, from where he says, I am that I am. It's kind of like self-referential. He is who he is because of who he is. There's no um, dependence on anything outside of that. But the second thing which I want to look at tonight, and this will be more of my focus, um, is that God doesn't change. Uh, and so we see God remaining constant throughout, the, throughout history, throughout the Bible. We just see how God is um, constant. And he is, in a certain sense, the only thing, the only one that we can rely on to remain constant. Because everything else changes around us, changes over time, except for God. And so we can see God doesn't use um, I was or I will be because he doesn't change with time. He's just um, constant in that way. And we see, we're going to look at, I'm going to turn to quite a few passages, so you don't need to turn to all of them, but Malachi um, chapter 3, verse 6, um, refers to this uh, kind of attribute of God. Um, God says, For I am the Lord, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Um, but just focusing on the first part of that verse there, for I am the Lord, I change not. And this, this lack of change is a part of what makes God who he is. Um, when God calls himself the Lord, part of that is the fact that God is just unchanging. Um, I'm going to just kind of 
jump track a little bit at this point um, because along with thinking about um, Moses and about what he, what God is giving him here as part of this name, um, I've also been reflecting kind of personally um, back to some of the earlier um, messages that I um, prepared and some of the messages that I've given previously at other places. Um, and the very first one was back in 2016, the first time that I uh, had an opportunity to preach at church. Uh, and my main passage then was First Kings 19, which if you want to turn there with me. 1 Kings 19, and I've always found whenever I have an opportunity to preach, what I can preach on is always kind of determined by what God's teaching me in my own life. It, it kind of always applies to me first um, before I kind of prepare it into any sort of a message. And that was the way it was um, with this one. Um, 2016, I had just finished school the year before, and my kind of plan for the year was to take a gap year, um, work, save up some money, and kind of start university with some savings. And that was, that was kind of just the plan. Everything up to that point seemed to have gone very smoothly, because I'd finished school, I already knew that I had the grades that I needed um, to get into the, um, the degree that I wanted to start. Uh, I'd applied for that, I'd been accepted, deferred that for a year, and then there was this plan to kind of just take a gap year, work for a while, um, and then go to university. Um, but that wasn't really um, how things worked out. Um, and so that year um, was where I learned something uh, from God through those circumstances in a way, because um, along the way, I had I knew the plan that God had and I knew where I was going, but I had started to kind of just trust the circumstances and assume that just because I was heading a certain way and because I believed that that was the way that God wanted me to be going, that that would mean that everything would kind of just work out easily and there wouldn't really be anything that didn't fit into my plans. But uh, and it just kind of shook me a bit. And so in the middle of that kind of time in my life was when I had this opportunity um, to preach for the first time. And so looking at um, 1 Kings um, 19, I'm not sure if I already mentioned that. Um, but once again, giving context, this is kind of just after a highlight in Elijah's life. Um, there's been um, the famine that Elijah prophesied about that came to pass. And then there's the whole uh, sequence of events on Mount Carmel in chapter 18, um, where God really uses Elijah and God shows himself there um, where the prophets of Baal are kind of just shown to be nothing. And yet God... Um, really demonstrates his power there to Elijah, but particularly to the people on Mount Carmel. And so up until that point, everything in 
Elijah's life is kind of progressing and Elijah can kind of see how everything is working in the direction that Elijah wants things to go. And then, so we kind of end chapter 18 on a really hard note. And then chapter 19 starts and it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And so we see there's a sudden change in Elijah's circumstances, and there's definitely a sudden change in the way Elijah perceives things are going. And we can see perhaps a little bit of Elijah's focus isn't really on God at this point. Elijah's focus is on the things that have gone wrong um, as far as he can see, the things that aren't working out the way he expected and the sudden disappointment that circumstances have changed and not in the way that he wanted them to. And so that was kind of, that is kind of the lesson for me from that, at that point that God is the only thing that we can rely on. And when our focus is on God, we can rely on him to continue to be constant. But as soon as our focus shifts away from God himself and onto the things that we expect God to do, onto different circumstances in our life, and we start to actually be trusting and relying on other things, whether it's people, whether it's um, health, whether it's um, work or other circumstances in our life, as soon as our reliance is on that instead of being on God, then we are bound to be disappointed as those things change because we can't trust them. Um, And we see, coming back to Moses, we do see that he has kind of taken this on board, I think. If we have a look, Deuteronomy chapter 32 skipping to the end of Moses' life, really. And this is is right near the end of Moses' life, so that's another 40-odd years past when we saw Moses uh, with God at the burning bush. And now uh, we have this chapter uh, which records for us um, a song that Moses um, wrote or... Um, yeah, just a song that Moses essentially gave to the people um, about God and what God had done. And in this, in this song we see, uh, for the first time as far as I could um, find, um, God referred to as a rock. Um, so we see um, Deuteronomy chapter 32, um, verse 4. It says, Here's the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment, a guide of truth, and without iniquity, just and right is he. And throughout this chapter, we see several more times 
um, Moses uses uh, the term rock to refer to who God is. And just thinking about that, I think that kind of does reflect on the way that God is unchangeable and durable and reliable. The fact that much the same way that um, people in those times would rely on a rock as uh, a defense, as um, protection, that God is the same way, that he doesn't change over time and that we can always um, rely on him being there. Um, And so we see that right throughout the chapter. And then we see um, David um, using that as well. And it comes up frequently in Psalms. Uh, I just write down a list of um, all the Psalms where it refers to God as rock. And it's just an extensive list, so we won't go through all of them tonight. But if you have a look, 2 Samuel chapter 22, we have one of David's Psalms recorded here. And I mean, David's definitely somebody that as you read through his life, he had to learn to trust and rely on God through a multitude of changing circumstances. Right throughout his life, he had various ups and downs in his um, outward circumstances, and he um, had to rely on God to see him through all of that. But Second Samuel 22, and I'll read uh, verses 2 and 3. It says, and he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my saviour that savest me from violence. And when some of us young guys were looking at this passage um, a little while ago, I think it's a few months ago now, uh, we just noted the fact that it refers, verse 2, it says, the Lord is my rock, and then in verse 3, the God of my rock. And there's just that almost, not quite, but it's almost repetition there of the same type of thought. But we see verse 3, it says, in him will I trust. And there's that sense that we can trust God because of the fact that God's dependable, God's constant, and God's unchanging. No matter what else is going on around us, no matter how our circumstances change, we can find refuge um, in who God is. And so up to this point, we just looked at all kind of Old Testament examples, but the same kind of thought definitely appears in the New Testament as well. And the first passage that came to mind um, was John 8, um, verse, particularly verse 58. So if you want to turn there, because we'll be looking... The New Testament. And so in this passage, Jesus uh, kind of reinforces the fact that he is God by using the same name that God had given for himself back in the Old Testament um, to Moses and the people of Israel. Um, uh, John 8, and we'll just read from verse 57. It says, Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself, 
and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. So they don't believe that Jesus is actually God. And so they're questioning him about what he, what Jesus claims about himself. And then Jesus um, tells them that before Abraham was, I am. And he's using that same name that God gave for himself um, back in Moses' day. And the Jews immediately recognize that and see that as blasphemy and try to um, stone Jesus. But we, de- we see that Jesus is um, just reinforcing the fact that he is God, and because of that, um, he is still unchanged throughout that whole passage of time and throughout the completely different um, circumstances here. We see, um, I won't turn there, but um, we see Jesus teaching on um, the wise man and the foolish man and building the house on the rock uh, and see it in both Matthew and Luke. And when we follow God and follow his word and apply that in our lives, that is what brings us stability, much like the wise man building his house on the rock. Um, But when we don't follow God, everything else is just like sand that shifts and you can't rely on it to stay in place. Um, And once again, we see in that parable, um, despite changing circumstances, despite the rain and the floods, um, you can rely on the rock. The rock doesn't change, doesn't shift, doesn't move, um, no matter what is going on around. And we just see that as a very stark contrast with the things that we can't trust so much. I think of um, Ephesians 4, where it refers to every wind of doctrine, talk about false doctrine, and how that shifts and blows back and forth. And so what is true and what is of God is constant, but what isn't um, changes. And we saw on Sunday, John McCarr was talking about the fact that scientists change the edge of the earth on a regular basis. And that is not the mark of something that's true or something that's of God. That's the mark of something that's not of God. Because when God says something, that's true and that's constant. But when man says something, that's when we have things shifting and things changing and that we can't rely upon it. So we're going to wrap up um, in James, um, James chapter 1. I did mention last time I was preaching that James is probably one of my favorite books, at least in the New Testament. And there's a lot of, um, just a lot of simple wisdom in James. It says, James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And looking up the word variableness there, it kind of has a similar sense to um, fickleness, um, things that are just prone to change. Um, So we have God who not only does every good gift um, come from him, but there's also... There's no variableness with him. So we can rely on him just being constant, being the same um, whenever we 
um, come to him. And so that's, I guess, that's just my main thought for tonight. If you don't take anything else, just consider um, in your own life, consider the things that you um, trusting on, the things that you're relying on, on the things that you depend on. Because if it's not, if you're not relying on God, then when those things change, that's going to rock you, that's going to make you um, unstable because there's no, um, there's no guarantee of those things. But as long as you can keep your focus on God, you'll be able to get through any changing circumstances in your life because God's strength and God's protection um, will be there throughout all of that. So that's what I have. I'm just going to pray and then we can get into the um, prayer requests. Lord, I just um, thank you once again um, for tonight, Lord, and just thank you for the opportunity here. And Lord, I just pray um, for myself, Lord, but for everyone else here as well. I just pray that we would um, just remember to be focused on you, Lord, and uh, it's easy to get distracted by all manner of other things, Lord. Um, but no matter what's going on in our lives, Lord, we know that um, you're constant, Lord, and that you... Um, you don't go anywhere, Lord, and you don't change who you are, so we can always um, rely on that. And just thank you for that, Lord, and just pray these things in your name. Amen.